This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 576 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, Total Saddle Fit, and Surefoot Equine Stability Program. On today's show, Andrea Waldo returns to discuss staying positive through challenging times. And then we'll have Wendy Murdoch to give us an update on what's new with her. And for the trainer tip, we discuss pole work with Jack Ballou. This is Reese Koffler Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. And this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. And you know who showed up today? Yes. The big boss, Glenn. The big boss. I came out of hiding just to see you guys. <laughs> you uh, it's a bit late. Us. Our anniversary was like a month ago. <laughs> Happy yeah, anniversary. Anniversary. I don't know. Does 2020 count at all for anything? Are we, count, are we counting birthdays, anniversaries? We'll or just, just wipe it off. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair. You get a pass this year. <laughs> or do we all have to take an extra year because it's age does? I'm not sure which. Uh. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> but we're really glad you're here and hanging out with us on Thursday night. We we enjoy it when you come. It's been a long time, sir. It has, and you've been having a but you've been having a very nice British producer. So uh, we, yes, we've enjoyed yeah, we our like he's doing a pretty good job. But I wanted to see you guys, so I actually scheduled myself in tonight so we could hang oh, out yeah. a little. I do have some announcements for everybody if you want to hear them. We do. What's up? We have a couple new shows on the Horse Radio Network. One called Rain in Your Herd, which is a couple of business experts, April and Laura. And what they're, that's geared toward is, toward is how to run your horse businesses uh, to make more money. And no matter what kind of horse business you have, they talk about social media advertising, marketing, all those kinds of things. So it's really a business podcast. Uh, for it. So if you have a farm or you have any kind of horse business at all, uh, even if you're a braider or whatever you are, um, that podcast would definitely help you. It's on the Horse Radio Network now. It's on our app. It's also on the website. Uh, and Or you can just find it on your podcast player. It's called Rain in Your Herd. The other one, you know her, Helena B., who was my first co-host 12 years ago on this yeah. on uh, Stable Scoop, has a show called Stall and Stable, and that's all about running your barn, actual physical barn, you know, and farm. So she talks about things like arenas and barn and uh, airflow and all of those kind of things that are involved in running your barn and your stable. So that's called Stall and Stable. And uh, that's been around a little while, and it's now on the Horse Radio Network. You can find it, again, where most podcasts are found. Just search for Stall and Stable, and you'll find Helena's show over there, and we'd love you to try that one out as well. So we're very excited to have those two joining the Horse Radio Network. And then one other thing is that I want to thank everybody from the Dressage Show who's become an auditor. We've had more auditors signing up. When COVID first started, and our auditors are kind of the people, our super fans, the people who will donate a certain amount every month, starting at $3 to $25 a month to become part of the auditor group, to get in the super secret Facebook group, to get the, to get extra content that we do for auditors. We thought that those would drop during, when COVID started, and we've actually increased it almost 20%. So thank you to all of you. Thank Thank you. you. Yes. Thank you from all of us. 
And what's been amazing, too, is I thought that, you know, with people losing jobs and all of that, but what has happened is we got a whole bunch of new auditors that have joined, but we also have uh, a lot of our auditors have bumped their pledges every month. Um, so maybe they were paying $3 and now they're paying 10 We've had some bump from 10 to 25 a month. So thank you to everybody who's done that. We really appreciate uh, Reese and Philip get a piece of that every month. Uh, so they appreciate Very the raise. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to become an auditor, go to horseradionetwork.com, scroll down the right side of the page, you'll see an auditor banner and click on that. And you too, for as little as $3 a month, can join the party. And one of the biggest things you get, beside the extra content, they have their own uh, feed for certain episodes and things, uh, is you get to be part of the auditor room on Facebook. And it's probably one of the most active Facebook groups and positive Facebook groups out there. Uh, you guys are in there. You know what it's like. Um, oh, it's great. It, it gets cra- It gets too crazy for me. I can't keep up. But, <laughs> but it's really fun, and we do the book giveaway in the auditor in the auditor group in the auditor room. So um, I just posted about the the new book, the brain training for riders that uh, that we're doing coming up. So um, it's great. We 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 try to interact as best we can, but it's overwhelming. <laughs> we have one. <laughs> it's fantastic. People get married. I mean, it's so fun to go in there and see what's going on. It's really cool. I really enjoy it. They talk it, about so. everything. It's because it really is a family in there. Uh, yeah, about 500 really cool. p- people that you actually like. So it's maybe it's not like a family. Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we do one special show I'll mention in there every month. Helena and I, uh, we just talk about Helena. Helena and I and Nikki, who's a trained therapist and one of our listeners, do a show. And we talk about not horse training stuff, but life stuff, marriage, divorce, relationships. And it, we call it the WTF advice show because it is not safe for work or children. Um, and we just have a lot of fun with that. We do that once a month, and that's especially for auditors. So uh, there's some different stuff in there for everybody. Yeah, for everybody. It's fantastic. Well, what cool stuff going on in the network? I can't wait to listen to the business podcast because we all run businesses. So They're I, very good. Those two are very good. So, yeah, it's that's a good show. That's going to be my tomorrow while riding show. I love it. There you go. Well. Fantastic. Well, thanks, Glenn, for all of that. And we're going to come back with another really, really helpful interview from Andrea Waldo. Well, we are so happy to have our book club author, Andrea Waldo. She's the author of Brain Training for Riders. We have asked her to stay on for a special COVID section. Andrea, thanks for staying on and doing another section segment with us. Yeah, no problem. Well, I, you know, we were, we were doing a great interview and I hope everyone listens and reads and or listens to your audio book, but I was also leafing through the website and, and you've got a nice article on sort of COVID and anxiety. And, and we just wanted to, to snag you for that because, uh, well, certainly if you're in America, um, we're not heading in the right direction and I think we're all very anxious. So can you kind of get us started and, and take it away? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think the world, the word for 2020 is unprecedented, you know, like everything that we're going through right now, we haven't dealt with any of this before. And, you know, basically, uh, the universe shook us and shook us upside down like a snow globe. And we're trying to figure out how to put our worlds back together. Um, you know, everything, you know, we've got the first world problems of having our horse shows canceled. And then we've got the real stuff of people being sick and, all of us feeling kind of like we're all pitted against each other. And uh, yeah, the article that I wrote on my website came out of a, a, a Facebook thread that got 
pretty testy where, um, you know, one person was saying that how they were struggling with their kids and they were really having a hard time uh, with the whole homeschooling thing and everything. And then somebody else was like, well, you know, we should appreciate this time and we should, you know, we should be spending loving this time with our children and it should be wonderful that we get to do all of this. And it got, it got pretty heated and it got pretty defensive. And, you know, what I was thinking was like, we all need to sort of take a step back and realize that what we're all going through is actually really scary. Um, you know, this is a very real threat. It's something that is, you know, it's something that none of us have ever dealt with before. We don't know what's happening. New stuff's coming out every day. And so we're all walking around what, regardless of what we think about the virus or what our personal experience has been with it, the world is marinating in, in a serious level of anxiety right now. And you can't not breathe that in. Um, no pun intended as far as the mask yeah. reference, yeah. but you know, it's like, you know, it's, this, this invisible thing is flying around us and we've got this height heightened level of, of world level anxiety. And it really, it, it really does impact us and it impacts everybody in really different ways. Um, and that was sort of where I was going when I, when I watched this interaction on Facebook that, uh, I think it's really important to recognize that wherever you are with this at any given moment, like it's okay to just be where you are. You know, it's okay to be really frustrated that you're cooped up. It's okay to be feeling like, Oh my God, I don't ever want to see my children again. As long as I live, (laughs) like I just don't want to do this parent thing anymore. Um, Or, you know, I'm feeling really lonely or I love this because I'm not a people person anyway. And I could, I could stay in my house forever. And or I'm really figuring some, some cool things out and I'm trying some new stuff. Um, and you might feel all of those things in like a 12 hour period, <laughs> you know, it's, we can be on this real roller coaster ride. And so I think it's just, it can be really helpful for all of us to just pause and sort of recognize where we are at any given moment. And also recognize that other people can be in a really different place than we are. And some of those people might be close to us or they might be, you know, they might just be sort of faces in the crowd, but everybody's kind of doing the best we can with what we've got most of the time and just kind of cutting ourselves and each other a little slack about that. Um, I think is a really, just a really important thing to do. Um, the other thing that I was, that I've been thinking over the last, couple of weeks, especially as things are kind of ramping back up again and things are looking a little grim. Uh, a lot of people are like, well, you know, I don't have any right to complain because so-and-so has it much worse or, you know, you know, at least I don't live in New York city, right in the, right in the middle of the pandemic. And, oh, you know, I may have lost somebody, but like other people have lost more than I have. The thing is, it's, it's not, it's not the loss Olympics. Like there's no, however, whatever it is that you've lost and that you're grieving, it's okay to, to feel that grief regardless of whether somebody else has it worse. Um, and I think recognizing that grief really is a lot of what we've been going through. You know, we've lost, we've lost our normalcy. We've lost our jobs. We've lost people that we love and care about. Um, and so on top of that anxiety, we've, we've got this level of grief that's going on and, If you don't allow those feelings to exist, if you try to stuff them away somewhere and tell yourself you shouldn't feel them, they actually go underground and they start either getting stronger 
or they leak out in really funny directions, um, which is why you'll see a lot of really angry people uh, because they're stuffing down their frustration or their fear, you know, their fear of their economic situation, their fear of getting sick or their, their grief at having lost someone. Um, and it goes sideways and turns into anger or it turns into defensiveness. Um, and so just kind of taking a big collective breath and realizing like, we have to kind of let ourselves go through those experiences and not try to, you know, put a positive spin on everything all at once. Um, if you don't go through the, the difficult experience, then, then the positive spin just becomes sort of this Susie sunshine kind of crap that no, that your brain's not going to believe anyway. So, yeah. So that's sort of where I was, where I was going with that, with the whole thing with COVID, because I think it's, it's something that we're all going through collectively and nobody knows, none of us know how to process it. None of us have ever done this before. <laughs> we are all floundering in the dark. So, uh, Andrea, I just was going to ask you in your, you know, you are an ed educated psychotherapist and you went to school for a long time, I'm sure to, to, uh, to become that. Was there any, you know, in your education, um, where, where, where you talked on, you know, like, these levels of anxiety or these problems on such a mass scale. I mean, the whole world is going through it, but I mean, even just in a local community, because I just feel like whenever I go somewhere, like whether it's to shop for groceries, it's just, a, just so much bombardment of negative energy of people, you know, wanting to keep their six feet dif distance. And, and, you mm -hmm. know, like, like you said, some people angry and, you know, like, well, is, is there something you can draw on from your, from your educational experience that sort of, people looked at, at, at it on, on such a large scale and how that affects people? Who, um, I don't know that we've, at least in our lifetimes, for most of us anyway, I don't think the world has gone through it quite so collectively before. Um, I know that I've, I've read stories of situations like, um, you know, the, I remember reading something about the war in Cambodia and how the survivors of that who came here as refugees would get together in groups. And one of the things that really helped them to get through it wasn't even so much like they would talk about the experiences and they would talk about the genocide and, and the horrible things that had happened. But then they also talked about really practical stuff. Like how do you get to the grocery store? How do you find someone who speaks English well enough that you can get you know, get the things that you need because you don't speak English yet. Where do I find an English speaking class? Those kinds of things. So they kind of got down. So they, they, they were sharing the experience of the trauma, but they were also sharing this experience of really putting their lives back together on a very granular level, on a very practical day by day level. Um, and I think, you know, what's cool about, about watching, how we're all doing this is that there are a lot of examples of that here now. You know, there's a lot of examples of people going out in the community and making sure everybody has enough to eat. You know, there's a, there's a, um, there's a little pantry, you know, there's a little free pantry down the, down the street from me at the local church that, um, you know, that people just drop in and drop food off to, so that anybody can go up and get it. Um, and, you know, there are, there are lots of stories like that. And I think that those kinds of things are, we kind of have to seek them out. You know, I think it really helps to 
you know, when you're, when you're talking about, you know, your newsfeed or what you watch, what you watch on TV, like picking out the stuff that's showing us the better side of humanity too, because it's really easy to get stuck in the grim and, and see how we're all opposed to each other. And I think we have to actively seek out the, the stories of how we're also reaching out to help each other. Um, yeah. Because that kind yeah, of thing, that sure. hope is really important. I think that's super important. Andrea, I'm really glad you said that because I was thinking about uh, a similar thing in in, uh, in the genocide that happened in Rwanda. It's awful, it's grim, but I was able to, I think it was last year, visit the genocide museum. And you think, oh, why, why do they have a museum about all these awful things that happened? It's a horrible time in history. But what they what they were really trying to do was focus on what's good and how they're putting it all back together. And I think that's what we have to kind of do, you know, move forward in a positive way and, and, and think of, of just like you said, all of the good things that we can do ourselves and that we can encourage other people to do too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think including the whole experience is really important. Like I think as Americans, especially um, we in this country have a tendency to, you know, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps and think positive, damn it. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and we, so we want it, we want to skip really fast over the hard stuff and that's not going to work with this. Um, I mean, first of all, the hard stuff is still happening and we're still going through it. And if, and we just, we, the only way that those positive experiences are going to, are going to lift us is if we allow ourselves to also acknowledge just how freaking hard this whole thing has been. Even when you have, even when you have all the first world luxuries that we have, and we're, you know, for those of us who are able to stay home and we were able to, you know, shelter in place and, and not have to be out there in the middle of it every single day, uh, it's still hard. And acknowledging the hard and then kind of, you know, trying to figure out how we can help each other as a community and support each other as a community as we go forward, I think is super important. Um, I think one of the one of the wonderful things about the horse world is we do have that sense of community a lot of the time. And so, um, you know, tapping into that and, and using that to kind of, you know, help each other along as we, as we try to, you know, get back to some semblance of normal here at some point um, and help each other reimagine what the heck this sport's going to look like when we're all done with all of this. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then we can, you know, try to move forward in that way. And in just acknowledging that, like, yeah, we have, we also, this is really hard and we have a lot to be grateful for at the same time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the fact that we can all go out and ride our horses and, and get to the barn and it, and it's, it's just, you know, hopefully you've been provided a safe or can provide a safe environment. You know, uh, I think it's yeah. been a real godsend for all of us. So uh, I can't imagine other sports and other trainers and, and professionals and other sports that they can't do that. So, yeah, but, uh, but Andrew, we can't thank you enough. We've we've stolen a lot of your time tonight. But can you um, just tell us about the book real quick? Our book club book for this month, and how our readers can and listeners can get it, and uh, how they can find your information. Sure. Yeah, it's called Brain Training for Riders, and it's basically a manual on how your brain handles stress and how to tap into the way that it works and work with it rather than against it to help you deal with anxiety, with fear, with show nerves, with frustration, uh, how to recover when you've, uh, how to recover emotionally when you've had a really bad fall or a really scary experience. Um, and it talks a little bit too about how, 
how to know if you're riding the right horse for, for who you are at this moment in your life. Uh, and you can get that at horseandriderbooks.com, which is Trafalgar Square's uh, website. And you can also get it on places like Amazon and everything. But I really encourage people to get it from Horse and Rider Books because they're a small publishing house in Vermont. And they're awesome and, and trying to direct as much energy towards small business as possible right now. Yeah, uh, and, and they're they great the to our show. As well. And they're great, great. to mm-hmm. Yeah, they're fantastic people. They're so great. I love them. They're wonderful. Fantastic. So yeah, that's where you can get the book. And my website is dresslessriding.com. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for your time and all your words of wisdom. And we will be in touch soon. I'm so I'm sure. Well, we're going to have a quick break with Kentucky Performance Products. And as always, we can't thank them enough for all the love they give our show and their fantastic products. It's so hot right now. So I can, I recommend all their products, but I really recommend the Summer Games Electrolytes right now. So uh, any, yeah, you'll get some more information on the commercial break. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Electrolytes. Who needs them? Your horse, that's who. Electrolytes perform critical functions within your horse's body. They help regulate nerve and muscle functions by carrying electrical impulses between cells. In addition, electrolytes assist the body in maintaining a healthy fluid balance by controlling your horse's desire to drink. When your horse loses significant amounts of electrolytes and fluids, problems such as dehydration, muscle cramping, fatigue, tying up, and colic may occur. Even in mild forms, these conditions can have a negative impact on your horse's ability to perform and recover after exercise. Top riders and veterinarians turn to Summer Games Electrolyte to keep their horse healthy in hot weather, and you can too. Summer Games replenishes the electrolytes and trace minerals lost when your horse sweats, and it stimulates the thirst response so your horse continues to drink and stay properly hydrated. So when the going gets hot, trust Summer Games Electrolyte from Kentucky Performance Products to protect your horse. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have one of our favorite segments on, Wendy Murdoch of The Murdoch Method. Wendy, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks. It's such a pleasure to chat with you guys. I always look forward to my little talks with you. We love it. It takes us forever to get on because we're like, what you do this month? What'd you do this month? Like, it takes us forever. Catch up session. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Our producers are like, come on, guys, let's get this on air. So we love it. Well, welcome back. And uh, it's been it seems like you were just on, but it's been a month. Uh, uh, as timing goes, I'm sure everyone feels that way. It's a little strange right now, but we're always happy yeah. to have you. Yeah, it's a thrill. And you're actually going to be one of my guests on my webinars coming up. I think it's in August, right, Reese? I know. Well, we haven't set a date, but I will come on whenever you need. I'm okay, really great. looking forward to it. And um, yes, yeah, so you've been, you've taken a little break from the webinars, right? But can you tell everybody uh, what what you've been up to this summer? Well, uh, you know, like because of COVID, I sat down and started doing these webinars. And I 
honestly had no idea what was going to happen because I was just like, there's some people I wanted to talk to. And I thought I could do it in like a webinar and, and talk to them. And it's just really taken off. And people are so excited about the information. So um, I, I needed a little break because I was I'm starting to make some mistakes so like on the schedule. Um, so we're going to pick it back up again, August, no, July, let me look, July 27th. And I have Lucinda Barker. She does ethology. And um, I've, I've always been a little confused about what that word means. It's like the behavior of the horse. So I'm really excited to talk to her. And then I have um, Laura Harmon. Oh, we're going to have someone talk about working equitation. So oh, I want to wow. do some fun things. Like I have Marie McAteer and she's going to do working equitation. And then I have um, uh, Annie Parsons, who's been doing mounted archery. So I figured, oh, how cool. Yeah, we should do some fun webinars too, right? Um, I love it. And so that's great. And then, of course, I'm still trying to reschedule Bob Bowker, who had that terrible storm and lost power and everything else. But he's out there in the wings. We just have to, like, lasso him back in and get a date. Because <laughs> <laughs> his webinar has been the most popular one. It's um, oh, It's been really popular. Well, now I'm um, nervous. Now I'm nervous. Oh, no, don't be nervous. It's really fun. <laughs> you know, and I, I love to get a little background on people because I think, I think it's important to kind of know how we get where we are right? Instead of just yeah. diving into the material. But um, so that's, I'm looking forward to starting the webinars up again. And so many people have told me that they are listening to them, that I decided to dive into a podcast. So I'm just getting that set up now. Um, but that way people can listen to the audio from the webinars. And so I thought that would just be another way. Because I have people telling me, oh, I'm driving my car, but I'm listening to your webinars. I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't do that. Don't do that. No, I understand. I, like we've talked about on the show, I've actually started becoming a podcaster, like listening to podcast. I've been a podcast for a long time now, but I listen to them and they're fantastic. Now I, I realize why everyone listens. So uh, yeah. I love it. We love, we love our listeners. Well, I've, I've got a story to tell you guys because uh, Wendy has been part of the project of my big, my horse, the follow me horse. And if uh, everyone's been on the show, this is a horse I've had for four years and he's uh, turning eight Well, he's eight now and, and looks like he will make the national championships. We're waiting for the, the, the actual invitation. So he's awesome. really coming along. Yeah. Really, really fun. But he's been a horse that the surefoot pads have really helped because he's always had some proprioception issues. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, actually how we met with you with him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. At your He's place. At my place. And we worked together in Florida. So you've seen him a couple times. Um, yep. But I can tell you they're working because poor guy the other day, he was a little long. He got his feet done today, but he tripped. And it was one of those trips where if he didn't get his footing, we were going to flip, flip over. And mm. yeah, I mean, it was really bad. We like really tripped, but I will tell you, he was so much, uh, more sure-footed if that's the right word to use <laughs> like I could tell like he could figure out really quickly what to do with his feet thankfully because that would have been that's a very large horse falling down oh, um yeah but I was like I can't wait to tell Wendy so I figured I would tell you on air because yeah, um, that's awesome so he was able to recover more quickly even though he tripped yes yes mm -hmm. big trip like fa fall down onto his legs like fell down Ooh. he was fine everything was fine but I will tell you, I do know he was able to recover quicker because we've been working on our pads. So that was pretty cool. I was like, wow, who knew? Yeah, nice. really. That was funny. Yeah. Good stuff. And, um, 
Yeah, it's so interesting. And and that's the thing about, you know, we, we take so for granted that horses know where their feet are. And that was one of the things that, you know, before I started, started doing Surefoot, it was like, of course, horses know where their feet are. But actually, maybe mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's what that's what it's all about is helping the horses become more grounded and balanced. And so they can perform better. Right. Whatever their job is, whether it's endurance or dressage or hunters, whatever their job is to carry us well, they have to be really grounded so that they can stabilize themselves and use the ground to jump or, or push forward and massage, whatever, you know? So, um, I don't know if you've ever talked to Dr. Clayton, Hillary Clayton, cause she talks about ground reaction force. So ground reaction force is that gravity is pulling us to the center of the earth, but the earth is pushing back up on us, which is how we stand. And when you, when you add an um, an impulse, you get more bounce off the ground, but it all is in timing, right? So if, if you've ever tried to like jump off the ground, but you kind of made a mistake and you're like, oh, I can't get off the ground. But if you hit it just right, you're light and bouncy. And so for our dressage horses, we really need them to use the ground efficiently and to really find that ground reactive force that creates spring and loft. Um, and so I think that's one of the things that Surefoot can help with. Fantastic. It's true. Yeah, I that, think it's that's really, really cool. interesting. I was just sort of mentally processing that and just thinking about, um, you know, my, myself, you know, how, how you can propel yourself across the ground and relating that to how a horse does that. I mean, with us, we sort of can get better at it and, and we have a different, different shoes we can wear and we have, you know, different things mm-hmm. that we're, that we're putting between ourselves on the ground that, that can help with that. And so, you know, with surefoot pads and their different, their different densities and, and, uh, you know, and, and how does that work and how does that help the horse to learn how to propel themselves better? Right. And that's one of the reasons we have the variety of densities that we have. Like I, I typically would never start a horse on a medium because it's really, really springy. So you typically start with hard or firm, but when you get to medium, it, it's very springy. And so when the horses come off of that pad, you can feel that loftiness that lightness that bounce um and that's the pad the purple one is the one the people love the best they're always like can i stand on your purple pad (laughs) (laughs) yeah i can see i can see why yeah yeah so it's kind of why we came up you know sometimes people get a little overwhelmed with the number of different pads that we have in the system but they each have a specific purpose and so you know i've thought i could make this simpler if i took one out and then i think well which one would i take out they each have a function and so they're all there. Um, and I know that sometimes that's hard for people you know, probably number one question that I get is which pad should I get? You know? And so the simple rule of thumb is if your horse is anxious, nervous, weak, recovering from injuries, you go with hard. Um, if your horse is basically calm, you start with firm, but then you can, once the horse is used to it, then you can go on to the different densities and mix and match them to, to bring that awareness into each foot so that the horse really pays attention to what that foot's doing when it hits the ground and how he can use that foot really efficiently. What about the spiky ball? Oh, that little pods, you know, the yeah, pods the are pods. so, what are those? I don't know. I've said pods. Yeah. Oh, you don't. Oh, no. So they're seven inch um, diameter half ball. So think half ball, and they have little nubbies on them, and they're air filled. And so all the other pads give, whereas the the these pods are air filled, so they increase in pressure. And you know they're the most interesting thing. A horse has to be really ready for them. Like I don't just you know run. Yeah. Up this, and put is, a pod this is this is this is expert level. Yeah. Yes, yeah. it is. I call it Whoa. advanced because you have to be able to target the foot. 
But one of the things I love about the pods is you can see how the horse is habitually loading his foot. So when you put him on a pod, the foot might slide. You might see a toe load and the other one might slide to a heel load. And so you get this high-low situation that farriers are always trying to deal with. You can make the horse aware of that. And as you walk them off and come back and put them on the pods again, you can literally watch them change and find what I call a straight load where they line up the whole column of the bones and they stand really square right in the center of the pod. And, and it's fascinating. I had one horse. It was actually Greg Best's client. And um, this was several years ago now at, at um, uh, Equine Affair in Massachusetts. And that horse had broken its jaw. And so Greg told her to get to me at that demo that I was doing. And I worked with the pads, but this horse was so quick to pick up on what we were doing. So I went to the pods in her front feet and the owner cried because her, she got her horse again. I mean, it just totally shifted that horse from the foot right up through the jaw. And it, it was so amazing to watch that happen. Wow. Wow. No, it's such a, it's such a cool, it's, it, you really have to play with them and work with them and it takes some time. And, and I really enjoy, I mean, that's part of the process, right? Is, is enjoying spending some different time with your horse. And I really, really enjoy that about, about the whole process. Yeah. It does take a bit to wrap your brain around it. I mean, I'm the first one to admit that because, you know, you know, (laughs) You know, it's like you walk up with this, this, you know, foam pad, and you're going to put this under the horse's foot and the horse is going to change and people look at you like, are you kidding? Um, But when they feel the effect, and that's why, you know, if when possible, if I have someone who's on their horse, and the horse is calm enough. Um, I'll put the pads underneath their feet with the rider on because the rider then feels all the little subtle nuances of the horse shifting his balance. And, and what's even more cool is when they walk off, you can literally feel them thinking about where they're putting their foot on the ground. It's like it's like they look, you know, mentally look at their foot and then look at where it's placed on the ground. And so it's really making them conscious of their feet and how they're landing. Um, but I agree, you know, it's the weirdest thing on the planet when somebody says, I'm going to put these foam pads under your horse's feet. He's going to totally change. I mean, I'm the first. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is actually why I've done all the webinars because I've, I've been trying to come up with how these work an explanation of how these work. And so with the webinars, I just started interviewing my friends and saying, you know, like what, you know, tell me about your expertise, whether that's fascia, whether that's, you know, as a barrier or trimmer or whether that's um you know a rehab specialist or like felicitous as a trainer and and have them tell me how they think they're working because in the end i think everybody's correct that it's hitting all these different systems you have your myofascial system for sure and then your um your meridians your acupuncture meridians and then you know your uh, all your proprioceptors that are in the foot and so you know it's really hitting all these critical systems that create a feedback loop so that the horse gets becomes more and more aware of his own body and his own stance and i kind of think you know like we go through life if you know and you want you just walk and you go and you do your job and everything else and you don't think about how you're sitting or standing a lot of times and so you know when someone walks along and says hey did you know you were limping and you're like what do you mean i'm limping yeah you know you're limping and then you stand on a, a foam pad and and you can start to feel that your weight is all on one foot or you can feel, oh, my weight's all in my heels or I can feel, wow, I'm standing to the outside. It's that conscious acknowledgement or recognition of, of the habits and then having another opportunity, a, a choice to change. And that's really what Surefoot does is it gives these horses an opportunity to experience themselves and provide them with a way to change. Um, and I just, you know, it's just 
That's a great uh, explanation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a great explanation. Yeah. It's and it's so fascinating. And I watch people like at first kind of like go, yeah, yeah. And then pretty soon it's like something will happen and they'll be like all in. Right. <laughs> but what's really cool now is that I have um, in fact I have one person in Colorado. She's working in tandem with a vet who um she she does all the surefoot work with the horses in rehab. So the vet will send her out work with the client's horses and she trains the clients and you know because this can also be like an ongoing process to help rehab horses um clearly you need a good diagnosis and you need to know what you're dealing with because you know if you have a have a tendon problem you don't want to make that worse but that's where you know working as a team having your farrier your vet and then your surefoot person to create a plan to help restore that horse back to good function yeah Wow. That's so cool. Well, Wendy, how can our guests and listeners find you online to get more information? So I have my new Surefoot Equine website. It's surefootequine.com. And all the webinars, if you go under media, all the webinars are up there and you can search, you know, if you want to search for Joyce Harmon or search for um, Sharon Wellesley, you can search. Um, and then of course my murdochmethod.com website is where the store is. So the Surefoot Equine is an international website now, and we're bringing it into different languages. Pretty soon we're going to have German, Dutch, French, and Spanish. Um, and so it's like the information side, and then you can find the resellers, the international resellers on that website. You just have to go to their store to, to, buy some pads if you want to buy some pads but um and then of course my youtube channel is surefoot equine and if you subscribe you'll get notices when we put up another webinar i'm really excited to get back to doing those and i've got a great lineup um i'm you know i i've got august pretty much set up and we'll just keep rolling with them because i'm just having too much fun with the webinars i have to be honest (laughs) (laughs) that's the best well wendy thank you so much for coming on as always we love it and if anybody has any questions wendy's the best and she can answer them for you thank you wendy thanks it's great to talk to you guys well, Phil, it is so cute because um, I had a great listener email me about the Total Saddle Fit uh, Stability Stirrup Leathers, and she was so excited about them. And she said, I can't believe it. They really work. They really <laughs> help my legs stay more stable. She and was shocked that you guys were right. She was shocked. <laughs> and and, oh, and really, it was, it was so cute. And it really made me smile. And, and and it's really true. We Actually, one of the things that we do is that we try all the products we have on our show. And if we don't like them, they don't make it onto the show. So uh, that is really a real thing that Phil and I try these products. We love the Stability Stirrup Leathers and all of the products from Total Saddle Fit, don't we, Phil? I think that's true of all, all of the sponsors on the Horse Radio Network, and, and mm-hmm. Glenn is here, so he can tell you that he makes sure that we are only going only gonna to promote products that we believe in, and that's part of the mantra, the Horse Radio Network mantra. So uh, we, thank, we thank him for setting that as a standard for our show and all the shows, and it, 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 turned, it turns out it works pretty good. Yeah, it does. And those are fantastic syrup leathers. We're really, really, uh, there's the original and then there's the slim version. And uh, you have to kind of decide which one's better for you. I personally like the original one better. I don't mind the buckle under my leg. Um, But for my clients, um, some of my clients that um, 
you know, they like the the buckle lower. So I think it just depends on what you like. We just had an auditor, speaking of auditors, post this unsolicited endorsement. The total saddle fit shoulder relief girth, which we've talked many times about on this show, improved my ride tremendously. I noticed that my mare held her suppleness much easier during the first ride. Then last night, my instructor said she's really swinging her front legs forward much better. I can feel the difference and my instructor can see it. We get so many testimonies like that, <laughs> even just in person yeah. or with our own clients and, and what we can notice with, you know, horses moving better, riders riding better. So it, it's, it's worth checking, checking them out at www.totalsaddlefit.com. Well, tonight we are so happy to have one of my favorite guests and, and someone that I use her resources all the time, author of 55 Corrective Exercises for Horses, Jacques Ballou. Jacques, welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be back and talking with you guys. And I'm excited that you are interested in the topic of uh, ground poles and cavalettis and getting some dressage people using this really important tool for training. Well, I love it. And especially right now, I think, you know, we're all in different states, states of the union or states of, uh, are we showing? <laughs> are we not? Are we, what are we doing? And so, you know, to have some good ideas, because a lot of people maybe are just at their barn and they're riding and they're enjoying their horse. So I think these are fantastic. So get us started on ground pole and Cavaletti exercises. So the first tip that I give people is because mo I'm going to assume that most of your listeners have at some point ridden their horse across ground poles, probably trot Cavaletti. And we've all felt the difference. Like your horse just suddenly feels more athletic. He's just more powerful. He lifts his back. I mean, it's incredible. But often um, when you have to go set up the Cavaletti patterns on your own, you tend not to because it can be a pain in the butt, honestly, if you're using mm -hmm. like big jump poles because they're so heavy. So my first tip is go get some four by four landscaping timbers because they're very easy to move around and you're more, you're going to be more inclined to set up the exercises and you can get them at any hardware store like Home Depot or someplace like that. And that's all you need for our purposes. We're not talking about jumping stuff, right? Yeah. Um, and then I always tell I always tell people find an exercise that you like for you and your horse in all three gates, walk, trot and canter. And then spend time on that exercise, you know, one day a week with each gate over the period of like three weeks and try to build on it. So build a couple of repetitions uh, each week and or raising the height of the Cavaletti. So when you first start working with them, I usually leave them on the ground for walk, trot and canter for like one week till the horse is staying in a good rhythm and they're not like flinging their head up in the air when you ride over the poles and that sort of thing. Then the next week I start to add some repetition. So if I started with 10 reps, I'll bump it up to like 15 or 20 reps. And then the third week I would raise the poles, you know, maybe six inches off the ground and do the same exercises. And then I would move on to a new batch of exercises. So, and that's where you really start to feel the whole purpose of them. But I was curious what you, how you and Phil might kind of use ground, ground poles in your own training. Yeah. I'm kind of, uh, you know, I, I love ground poles, but I kind of fall into, sometimes I just, 
don't pull them out. <laughs> so I feel that I have them. And sometimes, yeah, you know, yeah. I don't pull them out. My assistant's really good at pulling them out and setting them up. And so I'm always like, Oh, cool. Thank you. I'm so glad you did that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and, and I really like them. I, I also, the tip I have, and I got this at, at one of the teacher for training events we did over the winter is you can get, um, from Ikea. I'm sure there's other places, but they're little squatty potties where you can yes. put the pole. Yes. Those are mm-hmm. so great. They're $4.99 mm-hmm. from Ikea and you can raise your poles. So what we kind of have. What are you talking ha- about? Yes, <laughs> Philip. Do you not know what of this? What are you talking about? Uh, oh, we'll have to put it on the Facebook or on the page, but you can literally get squatty potties. Like, you know what little kids use? I don't have kids, but I don't know what they're called other than squatty potties. Yeah, like a little step. Yeah. No, no, they uh-huh. actually, there's a little dish. I think it's actually dish. a potty. Yeah, I think it's a potty. And okay. <laughs> the cavity, right. it has, it's potty. like rounded. Yeah. It's rounded, so the pole sits in it. So you can, without getting fancy, you can get it. the little, oh yeah, look, Ikea squatty potties, I'm telling you. But you can put your pole in there and they raise, how would you say, Jack? Like, I don't know, six inches maybe? I think it's six inches, yeah. And for for most people that is enough like so many people yeah. make ground poles way more complicated than it because like maybe they went and watched ingrid klimka who's amazing i mean i love all of her work but she does some pretty burly stuff with ground poles that honestly i'm too chicken to do you know she does <laughs> yeah. beautiful jumping cavalier and so sometimes yeah. people think that's the only way you can do ground poles and that's not it at all the beauty of ground poles is not just joint flexion for your horse but because the distances of the poles pre-measure the horse's stride, they help interrupt muscle imbalances. Because if a horse pushes more off its right hind leg, for example, it's going to take a longer step with its left foreleg, right? And Mm -hmm. the poles will interrupt that. Like he'll kind of nick the pole once and then he'll correct it next time you come across the pole. So to me, that's the real value is keeping the gate really pure in all the gates, keeping the footfall really pure. It's kind of like, um, correcting movement patterns and, and mm-hmm. six, no higher than six inches off the ground um, is what, what you want to be doing with the poles. Right. That makes sense. And so, yeah, so we, we actually do some, I, I'm not going to lie. We, you know, uh, Sarah sets them up and then we kind of play around, especially cause you know, again, it's been quite hot. And so sometimes on our hack days uh, to go outside, it's, ugh, it's miserable. So when it gets a little warmer in the afternoon, we, we set them up and, um, we do some walk poles, especially in the horses that don't like to walk. They're really helpful. And, um, but mm-hmm. I can guarantee I, I need more of your exercises that I, that I can tell you for sure. <laughs> so what do you do? Yeah. Great. All right. So, and I use them a little bit differently than you guys. And I did, I did just find the Ikea website and I know exactly what you're talking <laughs> about now. $4 at Ikea, you get a little children's potty and it actually yeah. would fit a pole perfectly. So it's perfect. It's I'm, such a cool I'm, I'm thing. You're order. welcome everyone. I'm making yeah. an order right now. Um, <laughs> so what I like to use the poles and, and this sort of, and Cavaletti's and this sort of thing to do is to help riders um, feel what it's like when the horse to gain suspension and to gain uh, the horse's back a little bit better. You know, for all those reasons that Jack said that she uses them, you know, naturally the horse is going to going to give their rider a little more balance and a little bit more lift of the legs. And then you can teach the rider, what are we looking for? Right? Because I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of us are, you know, in the beginning, everybody's just looking for that feeling or, you know, we can describe it as best we can. But you don't know it until you get it. 
Yeah. And so yeah, once, yeah. once you send the horse over the poles a little bit, and, and I actually encourage my riders to, um, to ride a little bit over. I, I know a, a lot of, uh, you, you can certainly just kind of give the horse their rein and, and let them, you know, let the horse take you over the poles and, and that's fine too. But I say, no, let's ride. Let's pretend we're creating Vallegro, uh, or totalist in his passage. And we're going to turn your horse strawberry into, into totalist. And we're going to use the poles to help us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the rider okay. does it a few times and then they're like, Oh, that's suspension or oh i really felt the horse lift me up through their back and i said yeah so it it just can create some aha moments without mm-hmm. making it too too much of a struggle and just you know let let the poles help you let the let the horse carry you by lifting up its legs a little bit and then yeah and then if you want to really make totalness happen you you can use the potties to to lift the poles <laughs> and then and then the horse has to work a little bit harder so i think i think yeah, it's really helpful in just creating those moments and giving the rider a feel of collection, suspension, or extension, you know, without having a, a struggle for for a ride kind of kind of thing. So, I think uh, you're right, and that's a key point because sometimes when riders learn to feel that, it can feel um, like a little daunting, like that suspension. Like, wait a minute, is my horse like actually out of control? And you know, when you're really mm-hmm. new, feeling that, and I think the ground poles are a good way to to come at it because it's almost like this outside aid. You can just sit yeah. there and feel it and experience yeah. it and enjoy it. And, um, and I don't know if you all encounter riders that are a little bit nervous about going over poles, but they <laughs> usually tell me it's my, my horse is nervous, but when we dig into yeah. it, it becomes yeah, clear yeah. that their riders are a little nervous. Yeah, so yeah. What I, exactly. what I usually tell them to do is like, okay, well, don't worry. I'm just going to put a couple of poles on the ground and just practice riding around them. Don't cross over them. Cause I think that's where people get a little nervous until they realize their horse probably is not going to jump the thing. Um, so just practice like figure making figure eights, like around the poles and riding between two poles that are parallel to each other until they're, they kind of just relax. And then we go over the poles and it's no big deal at all. But that's usually how I suggest people get used to it. If they think their horse is nervous and and sometimes it's really just us that's nervous either way. Well, I I understand. I mean, I don't, I don't love, I'm not a huge jumper. Like I don't, I don't like to jump. I got injured as a kid. I don't love it. Um, and so that's probably innately why I don't go to pull them out. But when I pull them out and my horses are like, Hey, this is fun. Like, and then I'm like, Oh, I get into it a little more. And again, the squatty potties are six inches off the ground. Like they are not. And sometimes if I'm nervous, like about putting them up on a young horse, maybe I, I put one side up you know, and leave the other side down. So yeah. I can, I can't, that helps me like that. I'm not actually jumping, but it gives the horse the idea to pick their legs up a little bit more. Um, so I, I, I agree. And then for me to just go over them a few times and walk over them and like the horses don't even care. Like they really don't. And I think that's really good, but Jack, tell me, you know, I think they're also great for fitness or like for, for, a horse that needs maybe a little bit something different because you can still do your work, but the horses seem to get a little bit excited, like excited in a good way. Like, Oh, we're doing something different. Right. Is that a good way to look at that? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the benefits, um, one of the, you're totally right. And what I like to do after a horse has um, gotten pretty comfy with the standard setups, which is when we just set up poles in a sequence and they kind of take one step in between each pole. Then pretty quickly, I like to vary the spacing so that they have to kind of 
pay attention a little bit more. So what Phil was saying, where you get that feeling of suspension going over the pole is you get that bouncy, swingy, boom, boom, boom. And then you've got a little blank space, maybe three, four steps till you get to the next pole where it's kind of like your muscle memory has to keep creating those steps. But, um, when you add, you start adding kind of different distances, that's where I think the fitness really starts to come in because the horse really starts to take charge of their own balance. And you're building on the propulsion muscles that you're activating when going over the poles, as well as the balancers and proprioceptors in between when you're not going over the poles. And then for cantering, I know, I'm, I'm kind of like you, Reese. I like to keep four on the floor all the time. Yep. Four on the floor. I do not. <laughs> I love it. But, but I do like putting poles just on the ground. I don't raise them up, but I usually I'll put like, if a horse has a really disorganized canter, or let's say it's an older school horse that's gotten just robotic and really kind of flat and shuffly in the canter. What I'll do is I'll put two poles on the ground parallel to each other, but like nine feet apart, which is kind of an average canter stride. And I treat it like a little in and out jumping, which obviously we're not jumping. They're just kind of crossing the first pole, landing on the ground and crossing the second pole. But it has a really amazing effect at getting the horse's canter really lofty. The horses don't get excited about it. Um, I've used that exercise with so many Western horses that are trying to come over to dressage, as well as, like I said, kind of like older, stiffer horses. And it really brightens the canter up a lot. So it really improves that fitness. And nobody's jumping, so I feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, if you take it easy and take your time over a few weeks, you, you can work your you can work your way up to to doing a little bit of canter, right? You just say one one pole on the ground at a time, one day at a yeah. time. But it is so beneficial, and and all of our dressagers who who would maybe call themselves timid riders. I, I think it's worth it's worth doing a maybe it's a COVID project or a great summer project if yeah you know, if you're not yeah. showing and and say listen I, I'm I'm gonna really give this a go I'm gonna try it I'm gonna take my time with it and uh, you know by the end of by the end of August maybe I can canter over over one pole and maybe I can canter over two poles and I mean it gives you a goal it's something to work towards um, you know if you're feeling like a little bit in a rut you're you're you know practicing jumping in quotations or whatever just doing something completely di different um you know you, you can maybe put the poles in a paddock and ride in a paddock i mean you know there's you gotta you gotta give some yeah. variation here on, on what you're up to because there ha I, mean, I know here at home you know there hasn't been a whole lot to be to be doing you know we had a plan mm -hmm. covid caused it to fall through now what yeah. Well, yeah. 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 Let's do something different. Let's get out of the let's get out of the sandbox a little bit. Let's it's gonna help the horses tremendously because I know for myself I can't go back into winter training and riding all indoors having yeah. not done any you know, not been out to a show or done something, you know, out of the box and, and doing something right. different. So let, let's yeah. let's stop yeah, just totally. schooling patterns and schooling the tests yeah. that we we're hoping yeah. to ride and yeah. let's uh let's shake it up a little bit. So Jack, can you yeah. give us some exercises? Do you, do you have any exercises in mind for us? Cause you are the master at that. So what are some exercises we yeah. can start with? So, um, yeah. And if, and if listeners are interested, I, I did launch an online course that kind of leads people through it. So I'll tell you what's in the first kind of where you start with in that course in the walk is what I call the stretch and climb through exercise where you set up 
a few polls. And again, just use however many you have. So I'm not going to make this so specific that people are like, ah, I don't have that many polls. I can't do it. Right. Like just use what you have. You set up three to four poles that are spaced closer together than your horse's normal walk step. So most horses have like a three foot walk step. So set up the poles like two and a half feet. So they're really close together and they're raised off the ground. So those are, you're going to think about those being your collected walk steps. And you ride across those poles and then you have a gap of no poles, maybe 20, 30 feet long. Then you cross over poles that are spaced a little bit wider than your normal walk step. So they're like three feet and three inches, let's say. So your horse has to extend its walk step. And you can walk, you can do that on the lunge line. You can do it under saddle. You can do it in your warm up. And I usually go across it 20 times. So you're basically having the horse go from collected walk to extended walk, but with very little interference from you, you just have to set them up well to go over the pole, you know? So that's a really, really useful, um, it's great for, like I say, fixing movement problems, but also just getting the horse flexing his joints and swinging through its back as part of your warm up. So that's a good walk one. And then um, one of my favorite ones for the trot pole, some people call it the circle of death, but it's really a very valuable <laughs> exercise. You set up and you can put the poles on the ground or you can raise them. It doesn't really matter. Um, you say, If you visualize your 20 meter circle as a clock face and you put a pole at 12 o'clock, three o'clock, six o'clock and nine o'clock. And then you make a 20 meter circle and you could do this in trot and canter where you're just crossing over the center of those poles on your 20 meter circle. And if you're riding well, you should have the same number of strides between each pole. So every quadrant of your circle should have this. It's usually between 10 and 13 steps, depending on the size of the horse. So in trot and canter. So this exercise is so good. Like Phil was saying for giving riders a feel, it's so good for getting riders to ride a correct rhythmic balanced gait. But because of the pulls, the horse usually kind of perks up and has good energy and is bending his joints more than normal. And you're getting some conditioning effect out of it as well. So those are pretty easy to set up those two exercises and um, really valuable for all, all riders, all levels, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those are fantastic. Well, Jacques, those are great ideas and you have lots more in your books. So how can our listeners find you online and your books? Cause you were featured in our book club. Goodness. I can't remember what oh, yeah, month, yeah. but 55 corrective exercises for horses was one mm-hmm. of our book club books uh, last year, I think. Uh, but how can our listeners find you online and all your great resources? Yeah, they can um, go to my website at jackballoo.com. And then I've, um, I do have some uh, videos on YouTube, which is just, you know, my name, Jack Ballou on the YouTube channel, which talks about some of the spacing and distances between ground poles and stuff. If people want to take a deep dive, a deeper dive anyway. And, uh, and I hope so, because they're such great training tools. I love it. They really are. Well, Jack, as always, we'd love it when you come on. Thanks so much for giving us some ideas while we're maybe not horse showing and, and need some inspiration. So thanks so much. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Talk to you. Well, as always, we truly love email and Facebook shout outs. They make my day when I get them and uh, they make me smile and, and you, you could write us about whatever Phil and I enjoy it. Um, but it truly, we, we enjoy the community and, and uh, again, the horse radio network auditor page, uh, that gets you into the super secret Facebook book group, and we read it as well, so we always love it. Well, as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. 
follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. The best way to find me is probably on Facebook or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back, and stay safe and well. And we look forward to talking with you soon. Bye.